0: Hey there, demons. It's us, your girls. Welcome to the fourth Office Goblin podcast. I'm S. And I'm D. And we are goblins. Two two goblins that have many thoughts, interests, and opinions about stuff and things. And today we are going to be literally diving deep into the Endometrius Endometriosis journey. Yes. Okay. The yes.
1: the very deep internal endometriosis journey.
0: Yeah. So deep that I got choked up on my own saliva and cannot pronounce (laughs) things today. So
1: it's a great way to start the podcast, right? Welcome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Welcome to my last moments. (laughs) (laughs) Listen here. Listen. (laughs) Oh God. You know, sometimes when your sinuses feel like they're the sea level of the Mariana Trench. Oh, no. <laughs> and your brain's trying to do different things at once. <laughs> it's doing its best, okay? It's living its best life. <laughs> I know. The, that that whole thing about those two brain cells, last two brain cells.
1: <laughs> Let's wrangle them in. We're going to wrangle them together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so I feel whenever you have a, a deeper... Topic to talk about, you should probably describe what it is you're about to talk about. Mm -hmm. So, for those who may not know, endometriosis is a disease in which the tissue that lines the uterus or womb, whichever word you want to use there, I hate the word womb, so uterus, uh, is present outside of the uterus and mostly occurs in your lower abdomen, your pelvis, but it can honestly appear anywhere in your body, which is slightly, if not mostly terrifying. Because as of today, this recording, we don't know what causes it. We don't have a single, like, this is what it is, and this is what's causing endometriosis. We have ideas, but no real solution.
0: And, you know, it's a chronic health condition, and it affects so many women. But I feel that often women get... Kind of pushed to the back burner as far as what they tell their doctors, their gynecologists, their urogynecologists, and it gets dismissed as just very painful periods, which, like, Mm -hmm. of course it can be, but, you know, I think also women have a higher tolerance for pain, Mm -hmm. and, you know, just for various reasons, women get dismissed with what they report to their doctors and this is so just underdiagnosed and not studied enough.
1: Right. I mean, it's upwards of one in, one in ten, you know, women or people with uterus have endometriosis. That's 176 million people in the world. Yeah. And we know almost nothing about it. Like, uh-huh. how do you have such a prevalent disease and you don't study it? And it's exactly like you said. It's because <laughs> it's more of a woman's issue. Yeah. And we've just been taught our whole life that, you know, pain is normal. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, how fucked up is that? (laughs) It's, it's
0: you know, the nutshell is that it's very fucked up and it shouldn't be that way.
1: (laughs) And uh, I I think it's crazy because, like, how we were talking a little bit before this, just getting our notes in line, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: we both got diagnosed this year. Yes. And we are in our late 20s. We've literally lived... (laughs) 20 plus years with pain that we just played off yeah i mean i don't know how bad yours was but for me it got to the point where i i almost actually almost blacked out from period cramps yeah at one point in time mm-hmm. and it was when i had an iud and I, it was a copper iud which is an inter uteral device correct I think that's the words for it yeah <laughs> and uh They're known to make your period cramps worse. And so almost blacking out, I was done. Like, that was stupid. And Mm -hmm. then two years later, I go in because my body just never recovered from it. Yeah. And they said, yeah, you probably have endometriosis. And I said, what? I didn't even know what the word was.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And can you tell
0: me a little bit more about your journey to getting, you know, the official diagnosis of endometriosis? Because um, also, you know... for the listeners, when we were kind of pre-planning our diagnosis and everything sounded very different, our experiences, in getting Mm -hmm. that final confirmation like, yes, this is endometriosis.
1: Right. So I have been on the birth control pill since I was 16 because of period cramps. Mm -hmm. I just thought they're bad period cramps. I don't know how long I've had endo. Mm
2: -hmm. I'll just say
1: that. Yeah. And then when I was in grad school – I wanted to get off of hormonal birth control and try non-hormonal because we also don't have any long-term studies on how hormonal birth control affects your body because why would we? And so I got on the copper IUD mm-hmm. and it just wrecked me. Oh, it gosh. wrecked my body. Yeah, I had, I, I never had a, like a, my period was irregular. Mm-hmm. I had it for a year and a half. And you're supposed to be able to have those for 10 years years i had it for a year and a half and i called my local planned parenthood wherever i was at the time and said you need to get this out of me
2: yeah yeah
1: so got it out of me got back on birth control pills moved to the location that we're at now and i just i still was having really bad cramps Mm -hmm. it wasn't going back to the way it was before yeah and I mean, this isn't an intimate topic. I was having painful sex with my partner. And I'm like, what is going on?
2: Mm -hmm, Like, I don't
1: mm -hmm. understand why everything hurts all the fucking time. Yeah. So I went to a doctor in town for my annual. And I told her, I'm also experiencing these things. I don't know what it is.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So she does does a basic pelvic exam and says, you have endometriosis. And I went, excuse me? (laughs) What did you call me? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Ma'am. <laughs> and so I went home, looked it up, realized what it was and reading all the symptoms. I'm like, oh, my God, this is exactly what I'm experiencing. But I didn't feel comfortable with having that diagnosis from just a pelvic exam. Yeah. Like I've had pelvic exams throughout my life, like and nothing ever led to that kind of diagnosis before. So how the hell do you just know all out of nowhere?
0: Yeah. And and from what I understand is that a pelvic exam is not enough to diagnose this, like you actually need laparoscopy, where they actually Mm -hmm. go in to confirm and then also subsequently get this tissue out if it is in fact there. Right. Yeah.
1: So I, where I'm at right now, I'm actually very lucky because there's an endometriosis specialist in my city. So I immediately contacted them, told them my issue and that I wanted to go in to talk to the doctor about an endometriosis diagnosis and what does that mean because Mm -hmm. I had a pretty bad experience with this other person yeah and I got in and I talked to her and told her all of my issues and all my symptoms and what the last doctor said and she said well you can't diagnose on a pelvic exam I'll tell you that much
0: okay so at least the common (laughs) sense was there to be upfront with that not just like yeah I took a look down there and by the way you have endo
1: (laughs) right so I was like okay and she said But based on all of your experiences, all of your symptoms, Mm -hmm. it does sound like you have one. Yeah. So here are the things that we can do to, like, look into it or whatever. Yeah. What was kind of crazy is she said (laughs) about the painful sex part, she did another, not a pelvic exam, but she said that your vagina is not like it's the thing before your uterus and yes. it has muscles on both well, on both sides mm-hmm. and so she tested the muscles on both sides and one of my muscles was actually as tight as a guitar string she said oh wow you were like it taut. had cramped <laughs> it had cramped and locked up to the point that it wasn't moving anymore so of course it was painful oh my god yeah like it's it's hitting a brick wall basically like yeah th- and that brick wall was my body it was not cool yeah, so yeah penis um, was literally
0: a wrecking ball
1: <laughs> <laughs> came in like a wrecking peen oh god <laughs> <laughs> and so so she actually gave me these um little suppositories that uh were numbing they were muscle relaxers mm-hmm. and I used those twice and I have never had an issue since oh wow it's crazy how that was able to be just fixed immediately yeah but um she said we'll have a follow-up and then we can talk about the endometriosis again and we did and i told her like i'm still having pain not for sex but like for my period and i'm Mm -hmm. it's just it's awful so she said okay we have two options we can do pelvic floor therapy which is a thing it's literally physical therapy for your pelvic floor which holds all of your reproductive organs up or We can do laparoscopic surgery or lap. I don't know how to pronounce it. That's how I've been pronouncing it. (laughs) Laparoscopy surgery. Uh, And go in and look and see if it's there. Yeah. And if it is, then we'll remove it then. So I said, you know what? Let's just go ahead and do that because I'm tired. I'm tired of the pain. Totally. Yeah. And it was wild because I went in for an ultrasound a week before the surgery to make sure that there was nothing else that was going to surprise them Mm
2: -hmm. going in. Mm -hmm.
1: Nothing came up. Nothing was weird a week a week later i was coming out from surgery and they said you do have endometriosis it was stage one there are four stages by the way Mm -hmm. we burned off what we found and we also removed a five centimeter cyst from your ovary that's the size of a lime
0: that is wild that is absolutely wild like how do you miss that how do you miss (laughs) that
1: no, no, that's what I told her. I said, "How? Like, did they miss that in my in my uh, ultrasound?" And she said, "Oh no, those can pop up that fast
0: and that big. Like, do you that think it? Big. Do you think it could have gotten bigger over time? Like, if they had not caught it when it did, and like, is it one of those cysts that just naturally, like, like as organically as it pops up, it can also just disappear?"
1: I mean, yes, to an extent. I mean. My aunt on my mom's side has polycystic syndrome, which means she gets cysts on her ovaries all the fucking time. And what happens is they rupture. They just, they get so big that they rupture. And then you have extreme excruciating pain in your lower, lower abdomen or lower back Yeah. that you pop six ibuprofen for and you lay down for the afternoon.
0: <laughs> like, Which is so incredibly scary because I know there are also types of cancer- That Mm -hmm. if they were to burst, they -hmm. would, and you know, whatever's in close proximity, that's already compromised because literally it's just like a a ticking time bomb in your body. Like, once this thing ruptures, it's gonna Mm -hmm. mess everything up for you. Is that the same? uh, Is that the same thing if you have like polycystic ovary syndrome or PCOS, right? Yeah. Uh huh.
1: I, I don't know. If it's like that, just because, I mean, cancer's different. Cancer's cancer. And with this, um, I mean, a cyst is a cyst. A cyst is a clump of cells that's growing out of control. Yeah, Could be cancerous, could be not. When they took mine out, they did a test on it. Because anytime you find a cyst, you immediately do a test. And it was benign. Thank God. Thank goodness. Yeah. But I mean, you don't know. (laughs) I mean, you can't catch every cyst that you have growing in you. And so it's just one of those things
0: where. And it's so common among Mm -hmm. women that. You know, these cysts come, they go, and and that's just kind of the natural order of things, so to speak.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was that was my experience thus far, and now I'm just living with it and trying to learn as much as I can about yeah. it. Yeah. But so, your experience though was different than mine. So please tell what yours was.
0: Yes. So I would say that, like, I would have painful periods sometimes you know, as I got older, and at times they were so bad that I would almost be on the verge of blacking out as well. Um, but I would say probably within the last two years is when things got really out of control. Mm-hmm. As far as the pain is concerned, that it just got progressively worse and worse. And in 2020 was when I had an IUD inserted for the first time, but mine was the hormonal version, not the copper version. Mm-hmm. And as I understood it, because I went to several specialist gynecologists and urogynecologists um, that they said, you know, that constant stream of hormones being provided through the IUD is kind of one of the best treatments in managing mm-hmm. endometriosis. And at that point, you know, there was no confirmation. So they said, like, if you, in fact, do have it, that's one of probably the best things that we can do. You know, it's not a cure all, of course, but just to manage Mm-hmm. And at that point, I do think that I did have endo because, mm-hmm. despite the IUD, like the insertion was a breeze and everything. I know for some people oh. it can be really painful. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So for I, I remember you you telling me uh, just what what a bitch of an experience that was. <laughs> um, but you know, I have to say I, it, I I was fortunate in that it wasn't so bad, but there was still a lot of pain and. You know, I kept track on a calendar of pain days and sometimes throughout the week, it was just most, if not all of the week, it was just pain, 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 pain. Oh, God. And I have a pill jar. (laughs) It's my Tylenol jar (laughs) because I'm just like, you know what? Let's get those 300 bottles of, you know, this because Mm -hmm. D, I would have to pop. I hate saying pop. Like I was just like munching on this (laughs) like candy because literally I had to be and I would take three or four at one time.
2: Because oh, wow. I knew
0: two, the max amount of two would not cover it. And I know some listeners are probably just horrified listening to this because, <laughs> you know, like whether ibuprofen or Tylenol, that that shit fucks up your organs, like your liver. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I hope I'm not pickling my liver <laughs> through the last two, three years, you know, because of how much painkillers I had to take. But literally, mm-hmm. D, it would take over an hour for the pain to finally start reducing and you know and I would lay there like on the floor with like my fist kind of like volleyball style you know like you're gonna bump a volleyball like pressed into my uterus Mm -hmm. on a hardwood floor just uh, you know sweating because it was just so bad and I have a I would consider myself someone with a high pain threshold but it was unbearable and then like you you know I'd gone to the doctor and gotten different tests and scans and uh, You know, ultrasounds and whatever, and, Mm -hmm. you know, the recommendations of pelvic floor therapy to muscle relaxers to hear some magnesium. So it's a more natural way to, you know, help reduce some of this pain. And I, after like two or three visits with one doctor who just kept on recommending, you know, therapy option after, you know, different whatever, I was like, I want this surgery. The worst case Mm -hmm. scenario is it's not there in which case we could rule it out. And best case scenario, Mm -hmm. it is there. And I remember the moments just waking up from surgery and one of the nursing staff, you know, coming over and they were like, oh, it's endo. And I just was like, "Eh, eh, eh." you know, I couldn't cry or anything (laughs) yet and made this gross kind of like, not quite dolphin sound, but (laughs) like it was so liberating and validating to hear that, Mm -hmm. yes, you know, it is in fact endometriosis. And I They didn't tell me the severity level, I assume it's one because they said it wasn't a lot, but mm-hmm. they said you it isn't even about how much there is. It's where right. it's placed in the body that could cause mm-hmm. such horrible pain. and and I remember in that moment thinking shit, like if I had so little, but it was causing me such pain, and I don't know how many years I have of peace, so to speak, mm-hmm. before I may need the surgery again. Oh yeah. Yeah, so that's just kind of my one thing for the future. If if I ever want kids and if my body could potentially handle that in the future. It's just like a lot of things that, you know, coming to terms with this condition as as validating as it was, it's like a new it created a new set of worries moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, so and I don't I don't know if that's also been something you resonated with.
1: That the that first part that you said of how long I how many years of peace I have.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because listeners, this is the thing. You have a major surgery, laparoscopic surgery. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep pronouncing it incorrectly. That's how my no, brain wired. No, you did wired. great. You
0: did great. <laughs> okay.
1: It's how my brain wired it. So that's just how I say it. It's a major surgery. Even you, though they call it minimally invasive. Yeah. So you have, I have three scars. From mm-hmm. it, one inside my belly button. Here's how that surgery works: is they do is they cut into your belly button, they stick in a tube, and they fill your body with air, your gut with air, your whole abdomen, so it all gets blown up, so that they can then cut another hole, two to holes, stick a camera in, two holes, girl, <laughs> to check and see. I was getting there. They they cut a hole so that the camera can go in, so they can see what's actually in your body, and then they yeah. cut another hole so that they're freaking. Utensils can go in yep. and mm-hmm. cut or burn off the scar tissue that is endometriosis or cut out any cysts that they find. That is this kind of surgery. So while it is minimally invasive, I mean you're not taking your leg off, but yeah, yeah. They're literally inflating you like a goddamn balloon mm-hmm. and then removing the goods like it's
0: a pinata. I it's <laughs> <laughs> this is like the most sadistic pinata there ever was, though, you know? <laughs> like you want it out you want the goods out but at the same time you're like "Oh, the journey to do this oh the ways in which you do this
1: and i i don't know how you felt the day after your surgery but my husband drove me home Mm -hmm. and they gave me a tube it was a sick tube because they're like you're you're gonna throw up but i'm like okay great and i i made it all the way home And had my husband get me Pepto because I felt sick. Because, of course, you're going to feel nauseous and feel Mm -hmm, sick. mm -hmm. And he gave me the Pepto. I sat down on the couch and within two minutes threw all of it back up into this bag.
0: I love (laughs) me some hot pink vomit. Oh, my God. At least you looked cute.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I apologize for that idea, like that mental image. But it really was just like what a unicorn throws up. Just hot pink vibrant garbage (laughs) fabulous (laughs) and i i was on they gave me uh morphine pills basically like oxycodone that's what they gave me the big pills yeah and i don't really remember much of the rest of that day i was
0: out on the couch you were in fact a unicorn coasting on a rainbow
1: (laughs) I really was. I was in outer space. And then when <laughs> I wasn't in outer space, I was in fucking painville. I knew Yeah. Within twenty minutes that I needed my next dose because I was in pain again. Oh
0: my god. <laughs> like can you imagine to have a narcotic that strong prescribed to you
1: mm-hmm. and then
0: wait less than an hour, less than half an hour. To have to take another dose.
1: Well, it was every four hours, but by that three and a half time, I knew like no we need we need the next one. Let's go. Got it. Okay. But I say all that, and then I might have to go through that again. Yeah. I might have to do it again if -hmm. it comes back. Yeah. Because that's the thing. There's no cure. No. There's no. We don't know the cause,
0: and we have no cure for it. That's demoralizing, (laughs) you know. (laughs) that for as advanced as medicine is and I feel like this is just one of those things that oh yet another way in which you know individuals with a uterus and ovaries are just kind of pushed aside you know for such a Painful health condition for a chronic health condition that many people just kinda of suffer in silence.
1: Yeah. Because you're taught from such a young age that period cramps are normal.
0: Yeah. Pain is normal and it's just another thing you tolerate. Yeah. You don't complain about it. Yeah. We
1: just take our medicine, take your take your pain pills. I mean, to think you were taking so many every day.
2: Yes. And it's still and several times helping. a week. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I
1: mean, how how bad does it have to be before someone seriously starts looking into this? And there are, I will give, of course, the doctors yeah, that. there yeah. are people. But I mean, it affects so many.
0: Yeah, and think but, about like the level three and level four severity people. Oh my god! Yeah, I can't imagine like. There were nights when, or even days where, I would take the four Tylenol. And then Mm -hmm. two to three hours later would have to take another four because it just felt like I was being wrecked, you know? Yeah.
1: I have the 200 milligram gel ibuprofen. Mm -hmm. I would take three and then I would take my heating pad and I would curl up on the floor and just be miserable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because it it really takes you out for the whole day. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And I think like the body, even when the pain finally does pass just cause such exhaustion and such stress on the body that Mm -hmm. you're like no longer in a state to really want to do anything or even be able to do anything.
1: It will, it, it just, it knocks you out. Mm -hmm. And I don't, there's nothing I can really compare it to that someone who doesn't have this reproductive system could understand, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what's so frustrating is that you, you can't describe it. Really, I mean, it's just pain, I mean how, yeah, it's the the most general, most dare I say pure form of pain there is, mm-hmm, <laughs> and it mm-hmm. just it, it for me, it was my lower back and then low abdomen, like it wasn't even close to my bottom of my pelvis or anything,
2: yeah, yeah, it
1: was higher up for me
0: is where my pain comes from it, which is like also a characteristics uh characteristic of endometriosis mm-hmm. as far as like location of pain
1: also fun fun side note mm-hmm. uh women who are having heart attacks one of their symptoms is lower back pain one of them could be lower back pain yep it's the one symptom that isn't universal across so there's actually been a lot. Women who've been suffering from heart attacks their whole
0: life, but then they don't know because they just think it's lower back pain again, women being disregarded by <laughs> the medical and community at large, medical community hey. and yeah greater community. i I can't. Like, for me, the pain is very much localized mm-hmm. to my uterus. Fortunately, I didn't vomit, but the <laughs> the bloatiness, Oh my God, that took so. Long. That took uh, several days to finally just subside. And like, I know you use your core for so many things and we just don't think about it. <laughs> and can I just say, the first three days, and listeners, you know, cover those ears if you don't, if you're not into like hearing about pee, but like, I had to concentrate so hard to even get a trickle <laughs> of a pee stream going. I don't know if you had to do that, D, but my word. <laughs> my husband
1: made ensured that I stayed hydrated because that was one of he said he had a very long conversation with the nurse while I was knocked the fuck out and they told him she has to stay hydrated like you have to make sure she's drinking water and so I (laughs) I didn't have the problem not being able to pee but I had the problem of getting up I could not get up from the couch when I was sitting down I couldn't even sit for the first two days. I had to lay yeah. down. Like, I could not have any pain. And I just slept on the couch for two same, nights. Same. Same. Because the thought of going upstairs, my bedroom is upstairs, just, I, I looked at the staircase and I went, That's not Nah. Happening. That's not happening. Yeah.
0: <laughs> my husband's like, I'll carry
1: you. And I said, uh-uh. How would he no, even carry really you, like, fireman that? style?
0: Because he can't, like, throw you over his back, you know, like.
1: <laughs> he can't styles on your stomach across their shoulders oh is like, that the I one what's cry?
0: the one like the princess style where they kind of like in the front okay yeah bridal style. yeah bridal style there you go see english isn't my first language yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> I got yeah you. i blame it on that
1: <laughs> yeah no i said i love you to pieces but no you you would jostle me too much, even even being as carefully as you could, and I know you would do your absolute best. But I know. Can I just say,
0: like, I imagine <laughs> you being like, "You're jostling me. You're jostling me too hard." <laughs> so yeah, no, I he had to help me
1: get up off the couch and then walk because I couldn't even yeah, walk. It's like, like I couldn't stand very upright. shuffly,
0: kind of bit by bit. <laughs> Like, I need a fucking walker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, first, you're kind of like a turtle on its shell, you know, trying to roll (laughs) over. And then, yeah, the walking. I I have to say, since I've had the surgery, I feel significantly better. You know, Mm -hmm. so, like, the IUD's there. It's kind of like a... It was kind of a reset moment, I think, as I saw it. Because now that thing is there. The hormones, you know, are in flow. Mm -hmm. Um that endo that scar tissue is out Mm -hmm. for as long god willing (laughs) that it can be you know until it comes (laughs) back but the number of pain days i had and then the duration between them it's changed so much and yeah so that surgery what you know as as much as like any surgery is like the recovery process is just not a good time but you know (laughs) it it felt like the right thing. Like, really, I don't regret it. And um, I find that the times when I do have pain, it is um, either at the very beginning of my menstrual cycle, or just when it's about almost going to start or when I'm very stressed Mm -hmm. out, because I think my body just tenses Mm -hmm. up. And then, you know, like, Mm -hmm. stress like any, you know, it just affects the whole body. So and that just happens to be such a vulnerable part, I think that, you know, it's most directly impacted. And Kind of the first to fire fire up like that.
1: Well, I mean, an endometriosis in your digestive tract is super linked oh, yeah. together. Because first of all, they're next to each other. Endometriosis, when it gets bad enough, will start a- attaching your uterus to your large intestine. That's horrifying. That's horrifying. Yeah. But so when you're not eating healthy and you're not making sure that your body is getting the nutrients that it mm-hmm, needs... Mm-hmm. Like you said, you're going to get stressed out, which upsets your digestive tract, which then stresses your body, which then makes the endo flare up, like, because it's all so connected. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I was going to ask you, so what would you rate your pain on an average period for you now?
0: Um, Oh, gosh, like the most recent ones have probably been somewhere like at an eight. But I would say when I do have pain now, I can just take two ibuprofen and it doesn't need to be like within three to four hours of each other. You know, I can take it that one time of the day and be good. So I would say more often than not now, since that time, it's probably like between a three and a five. So I would consider that very tolerable. I know a five for some people may seem pretty intense, but honestly, compared to what it was which is still so, like, awful to say. Yeah. It, it's been <laughs> such a good change.
1: So besides taking pain medicine, what else do you uh, do to help?
0: Distracting myself. Issues. Like, try to get the my, mi- you know, my mind off the pain. And usually that's, like, anything that doesn't require a lot mm. of thinking. So just watching a movie, anything that could just get get me to laugh. Yeah, I have recently started taking up some salt baths, like, a, a fancy... like a fancy person so I I think those might be helpful but we can get into that another time um yeah drinking something warm I think like pressing down on my abdomen it's it's not you know like a foolproof thing and obviously I still feel pain but I don't know why but for whatever reason that pressure Mm -hmm. I don't know maybe it combats the tightness that I feel I don't know I'm not a scientist. I'm not a scientist of uteruses or whatever the plural form of that uh, uteri. <laughs> yeah. You My ride. uteri. <laughs> I don't have multiple uteri. I only have one. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think those <laughs> those methods in particular have proven to be very helpful. How about you? What would you rate your pain now? And then what has been helpful for you, um, you know, pre-diagnosis and even since the diagnosis. Yeah, so
1: my pain, I feel like is pretty similar to yours in that I can take a couple of my ibuprofen just once, mm-hmm. you know, typically in the middle of the day, in the afternoon, when I get to work, because then I'm active and I'm starting to move around and my body's getting jostled. Jostling.
0: Uh, so <laughs> Hashtag <was> like... jostled. <laughs> Hashtag jostled uterus. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gross. That sounds like it's like <laughs> bumping around in your body like a pinball, you know?
1: Hey, that's... You know, way back in the day when automobiles were coming up, that's why women weren't allowed to w- ride in automobiles because they thought that if they stopped the car too fast, your uterus would fly. Yeah, up couldn't your
0: body. ride horses, couldn't ride in automobiles. <laughs> oh God, you know what?
1: <laughs> oh, how far we've come, and but how so far we've yet I, to go.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I uh, I take my ibuprofen, but I I do think that I might have the polycystic syndrome. Because there are moments where I could be fine. I could be fine all yeah. day. And then I get this very sharp, awful mm-hmm. pain just very quickly in a – like a very pinpoint specific spot in my either lower back or lower mm-hmm. abdomen. And it's – it goes away within five to ten minutes. But it's just like – I could be sitting at a two. All of a sudden, it's a seven. And then it goes back to a two. And I just went – what the oh, fuck wow. is that? <laughs> is,
0: is, how do they diagnose PCOS? And is that also very common to have, like, those kind of comorbid diagnoses of endometriosis and the PCOS? Uh, I don't know. Let me, let me look that up really quick.
1: So it says there's no test. Of course. <laughs> there's no test to definitely diagnose PCOS. Your doctor is likely to start with a discussion of your medical mm-hmm. history.
0: Blah, 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 blah. So... <laughs> You know what? I'm, I'm so tired. God, I'm course. just so tired that of they don't have. How many
1: people have PCOS? About 5 million. That really narrows it down. In the, in the U.S. In the yeah. U.S. It's estimated that between 5 to 10% of U.S. women of childbearing age have PCOS. Mm-hmm. So roughly the same amount of people who have endo have PCOS, but there's no test to figure out if you actually have it. Okay. It. i was hoping for something yeah you know, like anything at least with endo you can cut yourself open and right. see it but i mean how because cysts are almost i don't want to say common yeah but they, i mean you can have one
0: but not have them recurring. yeah like prior to my surgery i also had an ultrasound and there was mm-hmm. a cyst that came up and you know also a benign one So, it's like one of those that'll just kind of crop up and then be like, peace, and fade back into my body. (laughs) Yes, yeah. From whence it came.
1: (laughs) So, I apparently we don't know how it starts or where it comes from, and we don't know how to test for it either. So, apparently, it's just (laughs) looking at your history of pain and where it is and all that other fun stuff. Yeah. um, These also, these diseases run. Really, really closely in family. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if your mom or your aunt or your grandma has it, there's a much higher chance that you're going to have it versus someone whose family doesn't. Yeah. So with my mom, I can't remember what she said because I told her I had endo. I don't think she does, but her and I both have a tilted uterus. Oh, So it's interesting. this way. Okay. But my aunt has PCOS and she says, uh, my mom says she thinks that she has undiagnosed endometriosis. Mm-hmm. My aunt and I are very, very similar, very closely yeah. people. We have a lot of the same symptoms and a lot of the same issues. And my mom just goes, you're her kid. I don't know what happened. <laughs> you came out of me, but you're yeah. her kid. And so, <laughs> so that's, um, I don't know if... You know, if anyone in your family has it as well, you know
0: what? Not that I know of. I like in my family, there's really no fertility issues, nothing with endometriosis. Hmm. But I guess, you know, I'm a trailblazer. My uterus is a trailblazer. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Maybe now's the time to be the first in the fam to, to you know, get this rolling.
1: <laughs> See, and I, me personally, I do not want to have children. Okay. It's just not in the cards for me in the sense of I've never wanted them. I've never had that desire. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, my partner is the same way. He also has never really had that desire. He's the person where if his spouse wanted it, he would say, okay. And he would be, I 100% believe he'd be an amazing Uh dad. But if he had to decide, he would say, maybe not. Yeah, And
0: I think that's perfectly fine to be child free and how... Uh, awesome it is that, that, you know, both of you are on the same page.
1: Right. And so when I got the diagnosis and I was looking it up and there are ties to fertility rates and endo, because if you have, you know, stage three, stage four, it's going to make fertility very, very difficult. yeah, absolutely. And it was a weird moment where I was, I'm good still with not having children, but I just sat there for a moment and let the idea of I can't hit Mm -hmm. me because I have a tilted uterus. Mm -hmm. I have, I'm going to go ahead and say I have PCOS. I have endometriosis. Like my, my uh, reproductive system doesn't want to exist. (laughs) It just doesn't want to exist. And so it's like, if I had wanted to have children and have knowing all of these issues, I don't I don't know how that would have affected me. Yeah. yeah. So to any listeners who do want to have children, who have these other problems, my heart goes out to you because you are the strongest person alive to go through that. Like, you deserve so much more. I'm 100% certain than what you're already given.
0: And I, I hope in the future that they do more research on this and, you know, helping people who do have endo, who do have PCOS or, you know, any number of different conditions that may affect fertility, that they could find mm-hmm. ways, you know, to, to work with individuals and perhaps how to say like assist that process or maybe increase the chances, you know, in which it, right. especially if you do want to give birth to your own child, that that could be possible that um, you can become pregnant and sustain that pregnancy and everything.
1: And, I mean, I I personally know someone who has a higher stage endo than we do. And she did have a child. And he's a very healthy child. And just your typical three-year-old kid, loving life. And she's such a great mom. And they're amazing. So it's it's one of those where I I say that because I don't want people to just think that there's no hope. Because it does happen. It's just going to take a lot more and be a lot more... You have to be a lot more careful with it, Yeah, or
0: even, you know, for the individuals who maybe um, cannot get pregnant. And, you know, I I think you're very fortunate to have a partner that's on the same page as you. But how many Mm -hmm. people that um, get blamed? Like, this is their fault or something. And it's like, you could have been living with this for years and not have known it. And then, like, you know, suddenly it's, oh would you like to have a child? And, well, you know, it's it's always the woman's fault, right? <laughs> and then in yeah, cases right? like this where there are medical conditions that impact someone's ability mm-hmm. to get pregnant, um, it's like, well, you did this somehow. You brought this on yourself. So, right. you
1: know. Or, or people who, like how both of us, it was our late twenties when we finally got diagnosed. Yeah. A lot of people still to this day get married, at least in their mid-twenties. Yeah, yeah. If not later twenties. Mm-hmm. I know that I think on average it's like into your 30s now, which go go us. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Please don't just marry the first person you're with. Unless it's amazing, but still. <laughs> um so you don't like some people I feel would turn on their partner and say, You trapped me in yes. marriage where I'm not getting what I want. And I'm like how the hell did they trap you when they didn't
0: even know they exactly? Had it? I think yeah, you you summarize it much better than I did because yeah, that that's just nuts to me. That's nuts, Ugh. you know. Like you were um, you were asking if anyone in my family had it, and you know, fortunately, there haven't been any significant reproductive concerns. But I'm like, shoot, if I'm the first one, and like things seem okay now, but. And I've been that kind of person that has kind of flip-flopped through the, the ages <laughs> about having kids. And, you know, I may I may want some kids in the future. And I'm like, shoot, I, I would like to retain the ability if, you know, if possible. Because, yeah, that is a big decision, you know, where sometimes, like, in very extreme cases, you may need to have, a, like, a hysterectomy. Right. And, yeah. I mean,
1: if you ever, listeners, if you if you want to see hell, uh, look up stage for endometriosis. It is if you have the stomach for it. I will. I will preface by saying that it is horrific mm-hmm. how much this this disease can destroy Absolutely. your body. I mean, just there. Uh, <coughs> I can't even describe it. But I do. I do want to say though, especially before we close out, that if you have endo or you have another issue when it comes to fertility, or a partner if, who has endo, right, or who has issues like. It's not your no. fault. No. Just because you have this, you didn't ask for this. You know, you didn't bring this upon yourself. You didn't get a curse from the family. Like this is this has nothing to do with you and everything to do with nature and it doesn't make you less of a no. person. No. If you can't conceive or if you're having issues or if you have this particular problem, like you are still a whole mm-hmm. person. And you are still worthy of whatever you want in your life.
0: Yes, and definitely of love and support. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God, yeah. And, you know, you're not alone. There are so many people that do have this and know that they have it and, you know, are just finding ways to live with this. And so many more who maybe don't even know that they have it. And, you know, how to live an amazing and fulfilling life, you know, despite this because... We're more than our conditions. Yeah, so oh that's just God, something yeah. to remember, especially on those tough days that you may have, that you are not alone. So always please remember that.
1: I was going to also say, um, if you're needing people or needing that support, maybe you don't have it. There's a really awesome website uh, called myendometriosisteam.com And you can sign up. You can join with Facebook or your email or whatever and you share your endometriosis story and you can connect to other people who have it.
0: Love that. Amazing. If you if
1: you need that support, myendometriosisteam.com not sponsored. Be cool, but no, we're not sponsored. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there because if anyone could could take that away and like use that and make them feel Safer or in a community, like that's all I want. That's all I want this podcast to be. I don't care if we ever get sponsored.
2: Yeah.
0: If I know a thing that could help you, I'm going to tell you about it. Mm-hmm. But with that, um, yeah, we, I, I guess this is a good point to end. You know, just some thoughts and reflections, you know, that maybe you all could resonate with in some degree more or less if you are that person with endometriosis, PCOS. Um, if you know someone who has it, mm-hmm. be kind, be kind. You know, your your body is a beautiful Feel, thing.
1: Yes, yes, it is. Feel free to share this podcast with those, you know, if this, if what we said helped, if any point helped, made it clear, made it easy for someone to understand, please share this to people and say this. They put it into words.
0: Yeah, this. like <laughs> very... <laughs> The the one that opened this. <laughs> she struggles with her words sometimes, but
1: <laughs> but they got yes, there in the exactly. End. So with that, thanks everyone for listening. If you enjoyed it thus far, leave a like, a rating, subscribe, bookmark, whatever or however it is that you use for your podcasting experience. We greatly appreciate yes. it. And until next week, have a lovely day, listeners. Bye.